Blog Talk Radio. We are the heirs of that first revolution. Will a strong and united America still be a force for freedom and prosperity around the world? America has created the longest peacetime economic expansion in our history. We are the heirs of that first revolution. Good common sense and sound judgment of the American people and their essential love of justice. Hi, welcome to Red Zoo for August 8th, 2021. I'm your host, David McLaughlin, and joining me as always, welcome Catherine Smith. Greetings from Atlanta. And welcome Tim Schiplett. Uh Good evening, sir. Yes, uh, Catherine, good to have you back on um, the show tonight. Uh, political comedian Walter Masterson will join us here in about 20 minutes. He's had a lot of um, innovative, entertaining videos on social media recently, and we're going to talk to him about those um, and kind of see, you know, how he had the uh, mesh of politics and comedy, which one he came to first, and um, just have a little talk with Walter. Uh, but until then, we're going to talk about a few topics, including um, for a while now, We've been quite excited about the Georgia governor's race, and there's not a major development to report, but there is a development that I think could have a major impact um, on that race, and that would be early in the week, uh, Stacey Abrams, 2018 uh, Democratic nominee for Georgia governor, she announced that she was doing a tour uh, talking about, you know, voting and different issues that she works on, um, and, and it's a tour of roughly 10 cities um, and all across the country, um, a lot of southern dates, but none in Georgia for what it's worth. But there, And really, I don't think, other than Arizona and Colorado, she really didn't even go much on the western side of the country, um, but, but goes all around through the months of September, October, and November. It ends up being about a two-month tour, but it's not every single night. Um Catherine, when you saw the um, tour announced, what were your thoughts? Well, I think she's, you know, taking, using her popularity and leverage to uh, get the message out, especially about vote the, you know, voting um, laws that have been that are being passed around the country, and uh, you know, just sort of making sure that her um, visibility is maintained. Um, hopefully in preparation for running for governor, but I guess we're going to have to wait and see if that's part of this. But uh, I think it's a way of, you know, magnifying her visibility, which is uh, good for Georgia and uh, certainly good for Stacey Abrams and the work that she's doing. Yes. Um, Tim, your thoughts on the tour? Well, it, it goes back to the same thing. I mean, will she or won't she? You know, I, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I see why she's doing this tour. I mean, uh, she, she's got a lot of stuff to talk about. She's got a new book out. You know, that she, she's got this sort of thing going on. But I, I, I'm getting a wee bit nervous. Uh, she doesn't seem to be at least publicly, getting prepared to run anytime soon. And we're 11 months away from the primary. You know, uh, just a little bit of historical perspective here. Four years ago when she ran, she announced 
in June, two month, which would, you know, two months ago uh, for our purposes this year. Uh, she's freezing the field. Um, we are to the point now where, you know, we, we don't have a plan B, do we, guys? I mean, it's, it's getting late. Yeah, um, and just kind of on the tour, um, you know, I looked up. Uh, there's not one single ticket vendor, so I think it, whatever, um, particularly theaters more, uh, opera houses, things like that are, are where these events are taking place. They're not taking a part in, you know, basketball arenas or football stadiums. It's more performing arts centers. And um, mm-hmm. the tickets, I did see one for four, four. It seems like a lot of them go for 39 I, I'm not sure. If there's some group that's working with this, um, and you know exactly, um, you know what the, you know exact initiative is, it doesn't say anything about her book. You know, she's got a new fictional book out. It's not a book tour for that exactly. I mean, she may end up talking about it. They may be on sale in the lobby, but um, it doesn't have that. The tour runs till um, November 18th. There are no Georgia dates, although, you know, it, it might be kind of tricky if she did an event in Georgia that the money then went to her, um, if she then ran for governor two months later. The fact that she doesn't have a Georgia date, the a tour ends just before Thanksgiving, which would be a time to kind of regroup with family. Catherine, do we get any indicators up from those two facts? Um, well, you know, just because she's not doing a scheduled event in Georgia doesn't mean she can't make an announcement in Georgia at some point during. I mean, if she's doing a 10-city tour, you said 10 cities? Uh, roughly. I'd have to count them. Maybe a few more than 10, so, but it, it's not so, a you know, yeah, Maybe 15 cities over, you know, two and a half months or two months then she's got plenty of time in between those dates to Georgia and make an announcement or, you know, do some campaigning or something. So I think it's dangerous to jump to conclusions that she's not going to do anything related to an election in that period. Uh, So I I think we just have to, again, we're just going to have to wait and see what her, what, what, what happens. And if anyone else, forward and decides to run on the Democratic ticket. Um, but I think Tim's right. It, it freezes the field and it, um, it is long delays. Now, she may feel like she started too soon last time and peaked too early, so she needs to, you know, recalibrate that schedule. I, 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 can't, I can't, I'm not saying that's what she's thinking, but there's always that, that possibility. So, I think we just, yeah, um, like always, just have to wait and see. Well, I'll say this. As far as, you know, having gaps in the tour, uh, she has a, an event in uh, Detroit on September 23rd, and then she doesn't have another one until October 12th in Mesa, Arizona. Um, then after her one, the very next night in Denver, Colorado, there's another break until she has one in Medford, Massachusetts on the 25th. Um, then another one on the 29th and takes another break through – November 9th in Jacksonville has a good many stacked in between until she finishes the tour in um, Durham, North Carolina on the 18th of November. Um, So 
you know, Tim, do you think she would possibly do, other than planning, I don't see how she could do anything campaign-related until after November the 18th. Nor do I, and I think it would be, although I guess she could, it, it would be highly unusual to make a formal announcement of candidacy while, you know, in the middle of this tour. Uh, it might not be unusual to announce that she's not going to run, you know, if she decides to do that in the middle of this tour. But now, let's say she makes no announcement, the thing ends on the 18th. Well, then we're right up against Thanksgiving. And um, I, I don't know, time-wise, this, this is looking a, a little odd. And she's really not giving any hints. Uh, there were rumors, very strong rumors last November, y'all remember, that she would run. Some of her uh, staff had even leaked that she's going to run. But uh, she still has not made any announcement. And uh, so so then we, we, because this is a political show, we have to turn our attention to at least entertaining the idea of who could possibly run in the event that she does not. Yep. Uh, and would you need to get into that. Um, huh? But, but let's, let's kind of finish up one before we get to that kind of possibility. I'll say this. If this race were in a vacuum, you know, it, let's say the governor's race was the only race on the ballot. And the ones I'm thinking about are not necessarily the congressional races, Raphael Warren's race, not about those because they're federal, but in particular the lieutenant governor, the secretary of state, the agriculture commissioner, because those folks kind of have to run as a ticket. Um, and so, therefore, I do think her getting in the race quicker would help in planning out a little more of a team. But if she's going to run, I think it's okay if she waits this time in that, one, she's a much more known commodity than she was last time. Uh, two, she's not going to have a primary. I mean, last year's or last cycle, uh, the, there's a primary, and, I mean, it, it um, was a serious one, and, and it was more on issues. It was the right kind of primary to have. Kudos to both Stacys for that. Um, but she's not going to face that if she gets in the race. I mean, she's going to run – as the nominee, like we've seen, you know, in some other places and other times. Um, but I do think it would help in rounding out the ticket in that um, kind of like a vice presidential pick. The lieutenant governor, um, who runs for that in contrast or are complementing into her matters that may get into secretary of state, I think is going to be a big race given the voting rights issues. Um, as well. And of course, all the other races matter too um, within, you know, rounding out a good team. And so I think that's why it would help if there was some indication um, that, you know, what she's going to do. Now, Tim, you're right. If she doesn't run, uh, we're, we're behind. Um, and so that's the conversation to have. Tim, I'm going to go back to you first then, since you were uh, really on to this. If Stacey Abrams doesn't run, who do we look at? Well, I'm afraid what may happen there is is that vacuum would have to be filled, and there a, there's a lot of people that have lined up to run in those other constitutional races. 
we're just going to have a shakeup all over the place because we're going to have, say, somebody that's looking at the lieutenant governor's or the secretary of state's race or something say, wait a minute, maybe I'll run for governor instead. And people go to, you know, moving around. It, it, it's like if you have a senior member of Congress in your state that suddenly decides not to run anymore. You've got all these people below that have been waiting to move up, and, and here it goes like dominoes, you know. I, I think that sort of thing is what would happen. But let's just face it. We have no one that is even close to her stature. No no, no one, no one that, that, that's close who could step in and run this race like Stacey Abrams could run it. Now, I mean, we, we just have to say that right off the bat. So, uh, you know, I'm going with the right now that the Democrats in Georgia do not have a plan B. Now, that's, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, Catherine, looking at the list, you know, a lot of times Political Wire, they'll have a list of, you know, who's announced and then, who could possibly run, they'll put them in lowercase, not in bold print. The only name in this race for the Democrats is Stacey Abrams in lowercase. Um, any idea of names? I'm with Tim. I don't know who. The, I mean, I imagine there's someone out there that we haven't thought of that would be a good candidate um, that might surprise us. Uh, but I don't know who, I don't know who that is. Um, as I, as I am, as I often think to myself and have been so often proved wrong, I hope that there are some smarter people, uh, somewhere thinking about this entire strategy and, uh, have some, you know, list of potential candidates that we haven't thought of that are, um, you know, if not being groomed, at least being considered. Yeah, it's really There's interesting. There's another Even thing. Some of the, another thing. Tim, go ahead. Yeah, well, the other thing, of course, is money. Um, someone, if, if they were going to get in the race late, say this thing is frozen until all late November, and then we find out it's going to be, you know, wide open on the Democratic side, well, there's some folks going to have to raise some money in a hurry. That's going to be awfully, awfully, awfully hard to do in a short amount of time, isn't it? And and not only the money to raise, the profile to raise. Because if you yeah. look at some of the names in the other races, like assuming they step up, there's some interesting names, but um, they're just not known commodities in any way, nope. shape, or form. Um, you know, I'm looking at the loop. The governor's race, there's two state reps that really don't have a very high profile. Certainly didn't have as high profile as Stacey Abrams um, when she, you know, moved up. Um, you know, Brian Miller, uh, the reason his grandfather was ready for the, you know, the governor's office was because he had served in government so long. That's a luxury mm-hmm. Brian Miller, you know, just doesn't have. Um, and then mm-hmm. you look down, one of the more seasoned names is running for what's listed down as one of the more low, lower down races, and that's Les Jackson, who's been in the state legislature over two decades, uh, but he's right now running for a state labor commissioner. Um, there's also, mm-hmm. I guess, younger names that are running for, like, you know, Secretary of State B. Wynn, um, Attorney General Jen Jordan. Um, 
would it be that instead of the lieutenant governor, one of those candidates stepping up to governor's race, would one of those either veterans and um, like a Lester Jackson move up or he win or Jordan? What do you think, uh, Catherine? I I can I could sort of imagine Lester Jackson, though I don't think he has much of a shot. But I feel like Jen uh, Jen Jordan and D one are really you know kind of really narrowing their appeal for those offices for which they're they've already decided to run. I mean I think it would be awfully odd for um, especially uh, B one who's um, been very outspoken about running and how important it is for the Secretary of State to then sort of jump aside and decide to run for governor. I just think that would look um, a little bit um, odd and uh, uh, indecisive. Plus, I do think that she's very passionate about the work of the Secretary of State, so I think there's that as well. Um, and same with Jen Jordan. I think um, I think she's very interested in being attorney general and um and I I just it just see it would, it would seem indecisive to me. Yeah. And is it pronounced Jordan because it mm-hmm. may be I just don't. I've yeah. never heard her name pronounced. It's pronounced Jordan. Jen Jordan, Jordan even though it's definitely pronounced that. Yeah, yeah. No. even though it's just like Jordan. Tim you, you, you know, guys, the last time we had a similar situation was in the late 90s when Pierre Howard suddenly announced that he was not going to run for governor when he was almost the de facto nominee. But what we had then that's different from now was a deep bench of very well-known names in party politics in the state. We had Roy Barnes, who had already announced for lieutenant governor, who was ready to step right up into the governor's race. We had Mark Taylor, who who was ready to step right into the lieutenant governor's race, along with several other well-known politicos in Georgia. We we don't, we've got that gap right now from years of being out in the wilderness. We don't quite have the bench for statewide offices to absorb something like this if it were to happen. Wouldn't you agree, uh, David? Yes. I, I, I tell you what, we even had a uh, sitting Secretary of State, Louis Massey, who ran uh, for governor that year. Um, right. And, and right. Lost, I think pretty narrowly uh, to Roy Barnes in the yeah. primary. Um, and so, right. you know, we don't have a sitting Secretary of State or sitting any constitutional uh, Correct. We don't even have we a seat on the PSC. anybody with the power base <laughs> to do it. Nobody. Well, and we speaking could, we of the 90s, lose our congressman. Yeah, speaking of 90s, and um, and you could get into congressional representatives. Um, speaking of the 90s, the Republicans, I guess two times that decade, had a self-funder, Guy Milner. Could this be a yes. vacuum where a self-funder comes in and any idea who that self-funder might be? Um, Tim, you said yes, so I'm going to go to you first. <laughs> Self-funder? Oh, no, I don't. I don't have any idea who it'd be. Me either. Catherine? Yeah, but I think, you're con- I think the congressional idea is interesting. Um, I mean, is this an opportunity for someone like David Scott, who's um, 
district might be in danger to decide to run for governor? I don't know. It, it doesn't seem very likely, but. Um, well, no. Yeah, and, and I know. Now, that's a, that's a good idea, Catherine, that you just have, because redistricting may force the hand of some members of Congress to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, and, and David, and I don't know how the Republicans would plan to redraw districts, but his district for a long time now has been Clayton, uh, South Fulton, South DeKalb, um, and Henry, if they pushed him further down, the northern half of Fayette. There's a lot of just very, very Democratic voters in that area. And so unless they just kind of pushed him out somehow, um, there's a base of voters that I think he would be around. One I could see getting restricted out, even though she just went to Congress, is Carol Bordeaux, but she worked with state budgets. She's worked at the university, I'm sorry, uh, Georgia State University in Atlanta. So that's, those are state entities, not that she's spent so much time in the federal government that she couldn't go back down to the state level. Um, could Carolyn Bordeaux be a possibility, Catherine? Huh, that's that's interesting. Hmm. But don't you think she's the most likely to be redistricted out if one of them is? Hmm. Hmm. I don't that's know. That's an what interesting about... idea. I yeah. I, uh, I, I, my first reaction is I don't know if she's got the um, juice to run statewide and be successful, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't know if she's got the, you know, uh, muscles to do that. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know her that well, but um, it's an interesting thought. Well, I, I think um, she's probably got more in a lot of categories than the current occupant of the office and the one, two occupants before that. Um, you know, I would definitely put her mental acumen uh, above those two gentlemen. Oh, no, I'm not um, talking about I'm not talking about her, her ability or her um, skills. I'm talking about just the uh, that that sort of. Uh, non-definable you know some people say charisma some people say you know i'm just not sure she's got that but this is a situation and i'm gonna give the last word on this this situation where you have your star quarterback and they you know either you know tire on you or they tear their acl up and you don't have them for the season and you got to go with the next person up and if she was the next person up stacy abrams that's where i'm kind of coming from on her name. But right now, I want to transition over to our guest. We want to welcome on to the Kudzu Vine, Mr. Walter Masterson. Welcome, Walter. Hey, how you doing? Hey, good to have you all Recognize the voice. Um, a lot of times with people we read, we know you from video. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. I guess, I, I'm, that's awesome. I guess my, my voice is becoming popular. You know? Yes. So thank you. Thanks, thanks for having me and everything. Absolutely. Well, I'm just going to start off. Uh, you know, you, you just burst onto the scene uh, recently with your very creative and daring videos. Um, but kind of give us some background before, you know, social media about your life. Okay. So, yeah, I, I've i been a TV and film actor for 
quite a few years, and a lot of my detractors like to, you know, point to gaps in my resume and people that don't understand the industry. I'd say that, but, you know, I, I primarily was not uh, in, in the realm of social media. I just, you know, I was, I've done Law & Order SVU. I've done films that have, you know, been in theaters. And uh, when COVID happened, there was a lockdown. I didn't have access to auditioning and, you know, any of that world or the local comedy Im- improv scene in New York City. So that, that had shut, you know, everything had shut down. So I just said, all right, well, I mean, I, I want to create, I'm going to make, I'm going to make stuff. And this was, I'm going to make comedy. And that's, I mean, my, my content is very political, but I, it is, at the end of the day, it's comedy. And anyone who's watching my stuff, I just, please, if you look up anything by Walter Masterson, it is not journalism. I'm not a journalist. I, I make comedy. Please get your news from like, like real people that do actual news. Uh, <laughs> Just a disclaimer, um, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. I, w- I wish all, I wish I wish Fox News would just brand themselves as comedy and be as honest as, as I am right now. You know, I mean, <laughs> I think the world, you know, OAN, Newsmax, you know, hell, even even some you know some doctors on TV should just be, do the same thing. So, but yeah, it, it became that, and I I like Borat is one of my inspirations. I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Daily Show. You know Stephen Colbert, you know vintage Colbert. Yeah, I, I definitely saw some you know, when you go out to interview somebody, spoke some Jordan Clever uh, type things. But you take it to a different angle, which is great too. Well, now um, I, I'm going to ask a different question. I plan because you kind of answer one of the other questions. You go kind of across the country. I mean, one video you're up in New York City, and another you're on a beach. Uh, one of the rallies, and you're going, I think one's out in L.A. Um, how, how are you able to travel and, and get the budget to go all over the nation and do this? Um, I made, I've made different deals with certain media companies. Um, so, you know, I, I own the content to all of my videos. So, you know, I've made certain licensing deals where I've just said, like, all right, I'll give you, I'll let you release my video on your platform, you know, for the first, you know, week or so, if you, you know, just, you know, reimburse my trip so that I'm just cash neutral um, for some. And beyond that, though, I do, you know, I do okay as an artist, you know, in terms of my own platform. So I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I do make money and stuff like that with regards to it. And, you know, so I, you know, I'm, I'm, I can be anywhere. So, you know, that should, uh, you know, if you, have, if you have a school board meeting that, uh, that's really got some awful people on your school board or showing up to your school board meeting, you know, let me know. And, uh, I can come in like the A team and uh, make a speech <laughs> at your local school board meeting. Well, Walter, I'll go ahead and tell you, I teach school and, and for the record, I have a wonderful school board. I enjoy working at my oh, school fantastic. very much. Um, Where so I'm going to pass. <laughs> I'm going to pass it over to uh, Tim Schiff for more questions about some of the actual content in the videos. Uh, Tim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good evening, Walker. Thank you for being with us tonight. Um, well, I got to ask right off the bat to say we're in a polarized environment 
<laughs> politically in this country is a lot. The understatement of, of the century, I know. Is political humor a little tough to do in such an environment? I mean, it, it, yeah, you're, it is tough to do. I mean, I, as a creator, a lot of my colleagues that are also you know, content creators, they do better with, you know, you know, branded content and all of that stuff because it's a little bit, they're not as polarizing. Uh-huh. So, I mean, just the, the, the nature of what I do is polarizing in and of itself because I've clearly chosen a side. I've said this, you know, I don't like this particular set of people. And I, so, I mean, that, that is, that is, diff, you know, that does make things difficult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, it also, you know, you know, I also get a ton of threats and everything. It's sort of normalized at this point, you know, like mm-hmm. people, you know, wanting that, but, um, you know, in terms of uh, polarization, I think, you know, anyone that wants, I've spoken to more Trump supporters than any, you know, anyone else that's a progressive. I don't, I think I'm in like the, you know, 0.00% of, of like people that have on the left or progressives that have spoken to Trump supporters. I mean, no one has spoken to them more extensively. I, I think a lot of times you can have, very agreeable conversations provided that you don't use buzzwords. I mean, I mm-hmm. use buzzwords when I'm trying to make comedy, you know, like I can, I can talk about, you know, how there's a, I, one of my favorite jokes is telling people like, Oh, my second grade, my niece in the second grade, she's learning about pronouns. I just say the word pronouns and they just start foaming at the mouth and they're like, how dare they teach your child <laughs> pronouns uh, you know like and that's you know it's, it's very funny and you know or, or I, a, an, an ongoing joke is I say you know oh my god you know what do you think about wow I'm like what, what do you think about the Democrats plan to have the government take over Medicare and you know and they say they hear government they hear Democrats and take over and they're just like off to the races and they're like that's terrible and they, they go off. So when I want to make comedy, it's great. Um, but when I want to show similarities, if I just, you know, like if you're a progressive and you feel a certain way about law enforcement, have a conversation with a conservative saying, how about we audit the police department? How about mm-hmm. we audit them? Because the, you know, like the defunding, you know, would go after the payroll of lower tier officers. You know, auditing goes after the entire budget and, and uh, you know, wouldn't we all want to see where our taxpayer dollars are going? And, you know, that's a much more agreeable conversation uh, than, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and it, it also is stripped of buzzwords because I feel mm-hmm. like we've all been very conditioned towards buzzwords. You know, like mm-hmm. if I say let's create a, let's create a communities based on mutual aid where we all pool together our resources so that we can all get the best health care. You know, that doesn't, there's no buzzwords in that. And there's no, you know, it's, it's very agreeable. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. Okay. Now Washington DC obviously is presently, uh, shall we say a target rich environment for for someone with with your skill set so do you have a 
favorite politician that you really love to go after with your material? Uh, who who is it and why? I mean, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I recently trolled a Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gaetz. <laughs> uh-huh. That video is is everywhere, and uh-huh. that was that was quite funny. I mean, they were, I mean, and normally they're very they're very guarded, a lot of the politicians, uh-huh. but the the Republicans, uh, you know, the the like the big the Trump Republicans, the GQP ones. I mean, there's a lot of them. They they do all these cele- these meet and greets where, like, for money you can pay, you can you can pay to play, you can pay to meet them, and mm-hmm. so they're they get you know huge they they make huge fundraising with regards to that, and they they swear it's because they're not taking any corporate dollars or super PAC dollars. That's also not true. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. you could you could very easily look that up. So yeah, I mean anyone that's mm-hmm. in like the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Matt Gateses, um, I've made videos with Sidney Powell and General Flynn. Mm-hmm. Um, General Flynn was actually frightening because I was like, "Wow, you're this, you're this crazy! Like you, you were a what a four-star general <laughs> in the United States military, like you had like privileged <laughs> access to like confident like it." It, it, it was. I walked away from that conversation very disturbed that I, that this man held like a great deal of military power and influence. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, and and I asked him very simple. My, the question I asked him was extremely simple, and he managed to sound like an insane person when he answered it. Wow. Well, you are you are based in New York, and right yeah. now, the biggest political story in the country is what's going on with Governor Cuomo. And what's your feeling about that, and how have you been handling that particular thing? I've been, um, I mean, I've, I've been very vocal about how he needs to go. And uh-huh. I think it's, and I, I mean, this, you know, it's, it's fine. I mean, if someone, you know, has committed an impropriety, they can, you know, leave office. They can go to jail. They can do a host of things. I don't really care mm-hmm. what political party they're a part of. You know, like I've been very vocal. I've circulated petitions about Andrew Cuomo leaving office. I've made mm-hmm. sketches about it. I've joked about it in sketches. I've, what else? I mean, so, I mean, I've been, I mean, I don't have access to troll him in person, I don't have the same mm-hmm. access as I do. I mean, also he's not a Republican, so he's, he he would he doesn't have the you know complete and utter audacity to you know in the middle of this you know do uh, meet and greet fundraisers like Matt Gates. I mean, Matt Gates mm-hmm. is like he is dead to rights with regards to you know sex trafficking, and he is hosting you know fundraiser meet and greet VIP meet and greets and floating the story that it's all nonsense. And it's, a, uh, you know, some uh, liberal conspiracy setup and they're all backing mm-hmm. up that story. I mean, uh, everyone that's a progressive on the left is not backing it up. I mean, you know, AOC, Biden, Pelosi, I mean, all across the spectrum of the democratic party, they've all, 
been extremely vocal. All of my friends that are progressive have rallied for Cuomo to step down. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, if we're going to replace him, I'd rather replace him with someone that has a more progressive stance, you know, and vision for New York State. In New York City, mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. replace him with someone that, uh, you know, thinks the election was rigged, and that is in COVID denial, and mm-hmm. you know, at any any point supported Trump. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like that, mm-hmm. that doesn't. I mean, you know, because we, you know, COVID was very real in this city. We were we locked down. I lived right by a hospital that had modular morgue trucks set up mm-hmm. and you could see the wow. dead bodies. I, I, you know, I've had friends that worked in ma- you know, maintenance, like at, at hospitals. And if you worked there as a janitor, you saw dead bodies piling up constantly. It was incredibly difficult to not see that no matter what part of the hospital you worked in, in New York city during the height of quarantine, when we had more trucks outside of every hospital and so, you know, to, to have people call it a hoax and to downplay it and to obfuscate the, what happened and all that, you know, that's, that's gross. And I, I, don't wanna, I don't want anyone replacing him that would ever even, you know, not only would they, if they thought mm-hmm. that or they would, you know, their colleagues ever thought that. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. my complete answer on Andrew Cuomo. And, you know, it and, sucks. And it sucks that this is the deal because I actually, there was a point where I liked him. In the middle of the pandemic, the president was giving very, you know, incoherent press conferences. They were incoherent. They were, you know, uh, divisive and evasive, and he'd fight with people over nothing. And to Andrew Cuomo's, you know, defense, he had very coherent press conferences where he spoke you know, normal words and complete sentences and didn't like get into fist fights with the press when they asked normal softball questions. So, Mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate that, you know, this is, you know, what he's done, but enough women have come Mm -hmm. forward. There's been an investigation. He's got to go. Yeah. Well, I thank you for that. And that great answer you just gave. And with that, I'm going to pass it over to Catherine. Catherine. Hey, Walter, thanks so much for being on the show tonight. We really appreciate it. It's, uh, Absolutely. Anytime. It's, anytime. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, this is kind of a, it might be kind of a strange question, but, you know, watching some of your videos and listening to you talk tonight, how do you, um, I mean, you're kind of like uh, almost embedded in some of this, uh, you know, Republican, uh I mean, I like to think of it as nonsense, even though I know it's not. Um, how do you keep your sanity from <laughs> when, after spending so much time with these people? Like, it's hard enough for me to, like, watch two minutes of Fox News and to prepare every week for the show. And It's, I, it's, worse, I mean, it's worse than what it is. This is – these people call Fox News the liberal media. Oh, they call yeah. Fox News the liberal media. Fox News, you know, at one point said that uh, they, they called the election for Biden and they all just walked away. They're like, we don't trust Fox News anymore. How dare they? 
and they've never forgiven them. But, you know, they still trust, like, Tucker Carlson and, you know, individuals there, like Brian Kilmeade. Um, it is – it's almost – it's it's frightening. It takes me a day or two to sort of recover mentally because it's a, it's a new level of, like, non-reality. COVID never happened. Yeah. The election never happened. January 6th never happened. Matt Gates never, you know, uh, dated this girl multiple times and paid for sex on Venmo. Uh, you know, anything that doesn't fit the narrative never happened. And it, it's, you know, uh, you know uh, Michelle Obama is a trans woman that drinks the adrenochrome of baby, you know. And, but you don't understand. And you, you also need to understand that the, this isn't the fringe. Thanks to Facebook, thanks to Twitter, thank you to Telegram, uh, Fox News, OAN, and Newsmax, your moderate Trump supporter believes all of this. Thanks, thanks mm. to them, um, and it, it it does it does take its mental toll on me. So like, I'll interact with them, and uh, you know, it takes me a day or two to sort of, you know, get my bearings back because it it it's it's a completely different level of reality. They're not. This is completely out of touch. Uh, with reality, with yeah, regards that's how, to that. Well, you know. I, I'm, I applaud you for for doing it because um, I do think it brings us a different, you know, angle to um, to the reality of their fantasy world. I, I commend you because I, I don't think I could do it. I I have a hard enough time, you know, some days reading the news, let alone talking to the people that are doing these things. So, yeah, it's it's different. Uh, it's different when I'm speaking to them and we're not they think I'm one of them and we're not combating each other because they're they're not, you know, aiming these like acidic barbs at me and it's it's very friendly and you know, we're not you know, tossing jabs back and forth. So it it, right. it does it, you know, it's a little bit smoother and I in stuff I mean, if I was like, you know, if if I was meeting them in a very contentious environment repeatedly, that would, that'd be pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what, what do you have in mind for, you know, we're, we're getting, we're moving into the midterms and there's some, also some, uh, you know, interesting things coming up with redistricting and all these other things. So what do you think is, what do you, what, what's on your docket for your next little projects? And are you, well, and, and I mean, I have, related I, you're going to see you, the next, you, the next few weeks is going to be big for me. Okay, I have good. something that is coming out. Um, I have a few things coming out that will hit the internet with full force in the next month that you'll, All right. you know, we'll that be will be, it'll, that. be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be difficult to not see. So, yeah. Okay, and also related to that, uh, sort of related to that, um, have you had any success? Are, are things opening back up a little bit more in the acting and uh, filming industry for you, or is it still yeah. pretty much in yeah, lockdown? Yeah, as, as you know, the um, they are opening back up, and it, I mean, things were opening back up before the recent surge. So yeah. I mean, I, no one, they're sort of, 
you know, flailing their arms, going like, wait, what the hell? Like, we were we were doing okay, you know, and and stuff. They yeah, because there's. So, I mean, I've seen a. Yeah. I work in downtown Atlanta, and you know, there's always a lot of oh, yeah. going on here. But I've seen I've seen a huge increase in, you know, uh, craft trucks and uh, you know yep. technical trucks and. Uh, and all the uh, everything and because i work in an area where they do a lot of filming so i've seen a big increase in that just in the last couple of weeks so i'm crossing my fingers for you that um things get better in that regard but i hope not so much that you you uh stop doing your videos and entertaining us as well as as keeping (laughs) us in touch with those people that we can't really keep in touch with ourselves (laughs) And thanks so thank much for you. being on the thank show. You. I'm going to pass it back to David to follow up. Thanks a lot. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, Walter, you mentioned um, Matt Gates and Marjorie Green, and that's, I guess, your most viewed video when you um, got to kind of get right between them and, and kind of just tell <laughs> listen on them. And what I found so interesting about the video is on the video, when you call Marjorie Green crazy, she didn't seem to get it. She just kept smiling and cheering. And then, you, of course, uh, called Gates out. He caught on pretty quick that he had just gotten called out. Um, the video uh, kind of, you know, fades out after that. How did they react um, kind of after the what we saw in the video? How much can you tell us? Um, I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene is exactly – what you see in the video, she's just very, you know, sort of low conscious, just, she's on just a different planet. Um, she's just a very stupid human being. Um, I mean, like, you know, and, but, so it's just genuine, you know, she's a genuine person. Like when you see her tweets and you see her videos, she's genuinely that stupid. She's not putting on an act. She's not pretending to be someone else. You know, like, she's not pretending to be, like, very stupid and crazy. Like, she is that. And she, she's very, you know, she's honest. And um, Matt Gates, you know, uh, yeah, he, yeah, so he was, I mean, they tossed me pretty quickly as soon as he, like, you know, signaled to the guards. And then, you know, there was, there was some guy there who was a proud boy who, you know, started filming me and asking me what my name was, which I thought was funny. I was like, you know, I, I don't know where this, what you think you're going to do with this video. Like I'm already pretty recognizable anyway. So I don't know what this video is going to do to me. Cause he thought he was going to like expose me. And I'm like, yeah, I make <laughs> videos that get millions of hits. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, I don't, I mean, I, I hope you get a few hundred hits off of this video. Like, you know, like they've already ex- passed around my videos amongst their camps. There's even a there's even a QAnon conspiracy about me. It's pretty funny that I was behind uh, January sixth. <laughs> so. Well, they're giving you quite a lot of credit as far as your ability to control mass numbers of people. Um, I don't know oh, if yeah, that's a compliment so, or. So, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of, imp- yeah, I mean, like, I am kind of impressed. I'm like, wow, like, I, like, you've created so much mythology around me that I was like, wow, I really have a lot to live up to. 
<laughs> well, it's kind of like how they give the Democrats all these, you know, superpowers to do all these grand things, and you're like, we'd win more elections if we were really that good. Um, you know, oh yeah, I if mean, we like, had yeah, all they, these powers. It, I mean, it, when you, I love conversations where you ask them like how they, the election was manufactured, and it's and it's just, I mean, you know, the Democrat. Democratic Party had just this laser focus and precision that anyone, no one in the Democratic Party would ever attest to. You're like, you're accusing us of being like hyper organized, keeping a secret, uh, you know, you know, being like unified. I, I was like, wow, like I, if, yeah, exa- it's exactly your point. If we were, if we were anything like what they made us out to be, I would, that'd be a formidable force right there. Yeah, you use laser focus. Uh, don't give you Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene ideas, or she'll claim that's what they did with the space lasers. Um, well, you've yeah. done several videos at Fox News headquarters. You fed the pigeons. Security comes out. I think another video you did. The security comes out. And what what kind of relationship do you have this with the security staff at Fox News? <laughs> oh, it's it's so funny. Um, there, I mean, the security staff. I mean, they're just you know, low level, they're, you know, they're not getting paid a whole, a lot really. And, you know, there's, they're fairly nice. It's just a job for them. And so they, they've been pretty, they have this sort of line that, that, you know, crosses over from like the public sidewalk into what's considered their private property. And, you know, I can't cross that line. So like, you know, that's legally, you know, and they've multiple times they've, they've, come and said like you know you cannot cross this line especially if you you know and it's actually a funny conversation because security's coming and lecturing myself and um uh tiktok uh Hillary clinton on tiktok and they're lecturing us while we're holding a camera and a branded fox news microphone and they're like no you you have to go five feet over on the sidewalk and i was like and, it, you know, and it's funny because, you know, it's not going to register that much on the video. We just needed that as a backdrop. And, you know, in terms of parody law, like everyone that watches it knows that we're doing parody. So it's, you know, it's fine. But, yeah, it's, it is funny to have these conversations with security staff. Like the guy in the in the pigeon video was just like, oh, you can't feed the pigeons here because they poop everywhere. Once they eat the the bird seed, and I mean he was he was so nice about it, and I'm and I'm I'm like trying not to laugh. I was like that is the entire point of why I'm feeding pigeons over at Fox News. <laughs> but you know, I mean he was he was nice about it. I was like, all right, fine. Like, oh, okay. I mean, the only cons- the only consideration I had there's a halal cart there, and the guy who runs the halal cart was just like. Can you not put birdseed right in front of my cart? Like, you know, and I was like, okay, you're trying to make a dollar. You're trying to sell food, and I won't have, like, a hundred pigeons crowding your uh, your cart, you know. So, I mean, Fox News can, you know, can F off into the sun for all I care about. But, you know, the halal cart guy, he's a good guy. <laughs> Well, one final question related to Fox News and Tucker Carlson. It's really it, – it's more of an idea is uh, this past uh, week, I guess, he went to speak in Hungary, 
and praised uh, Viktor Orban, the pretty noted, uh, I guess you'd say now dictator. Um, and some right-wing people have started to kind of praise Hungary, which is, you know, kind of unfathomable. Um, hopefully, or, do you have any plans maybe to go out at some of these rallies and ask some of these hardcore, you know, Trump, right-wing, QAnon folks, their opinion of Hungary and just see what they come up with? <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, that would be, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can do that, but that would just be, that's assuming that they are, you know, versed in world events and they are, you know, informed. A lot of them go and they get their media from Telegram. Do you, do you know what Telegram is? <laughs> yeah. I, I think you've yeah. vaguely heard of it. Yeah. Telegram is like WhatsApp. So, you know, you ever have like a, a group text on like WhatsApp? So yeah. that's what Telegram is. And so they have these large uh, group chats on Telegram channels. And, you know, and that's where they're getting their media, their news. I'm not like <laughs> it's someone, it's some random person that is, it's com- is completely unverified is sending them memes like completely unverified information that is gospel because it's coming from, you know, the, you know, the whoever's, you know, fight leading the charge against the deep state. So I, I strongly doubt they would even have heard of Tucker Carlson having gone to there and praising a, a fascist dictator. Yes. I I guess if you ask some of them about hungry, They'd say like they like their man dinners, um, the, the yeah. Swanson product. And, and, and um, it's interesting <laughs> to know about Tucker. What's what's really interesting to know is that he's you know he's incredibly smart. He used to be the chief editor for the National Review. Um, he said on Fox News that he knows for a that like factually that Venezuela is not socialist. It was not a socialist revolution. It was a populist uprising that put in Maduro, you know Chavez and Maduro. He straight up said that uh, the case, the zip codes at the highest number of fentanyl overdoses all went to Trump and that, you know, colleges are, kids are socialists today because the economy isn't working. He's educated enough to know the difference. He knows what fascism is. He knows what, um, you know, authoritarianism is. So he, he's one of those people that, like, he knows what he's doing when, he's, when he acts like this. He's not like Marjorie Taylor Greene, where she's just really dumb and sort of just hyper radicalized dumb person, you know. So you know, he's he's like he kind of upsets me a little bit more. Yeah, you know? he knows better. I guess he, what you're saying he know he knows he knows the history of that country and the current uh, political climate better, you know, just as well as any of us, probably better. So he knows exactly what that government is doing, but they pay, probably paid him fifty to a hundred k to go there and say nice things, and you know he was like, "Yeah, let's go." Yes. Well, just a, a final question to wrap up. I mean, I'm sure a lot of folks are familiar um, with your work, but just tell our listeners where they can see it. Um, probably too many sources, but right. just give the ones you choose to. Okay. Well, so if you're on. So, you know, if you're on Twitter, just type in Walter Masterson. I've uploaded my short-form videos there. I also upload them to Instagram, 
But, um, yeah, if you want, like, sort of longer form, just go to YouTube, youtube.com, Walter Masterson, and you can see longer form uh, videos there where, you know, a little bit more in-depth conversations with Trump supporters. And, yeah, I mean, I talk to him a lot, you know, and I can – it's uh, – it's it's never they're the best comedic partners. If you're listening to this and you're a Trump supporter, sometimes I want to kiss you because I'm just like, this is such good comedy that I would never find <laughs> anywhere else. You you can't you cannot make better comedy. You know I don't want to seem like I'm insult you know just bashing them because you know I mean sometimes I walk away and I was like that is just an amazing comedic partner. You know it's like Laurel. You know it's like the you know, Laurel's Hardy, you know, and this, I mean, it's just, I, you couldn't ask for better in certain situations, you know. Yes. They're just, they're, they're well, Walter, great. We, could, we couldn't ask for better either. Um, great, great talking to you tonight and excellent videos. Keep up the good work, and we're going to be on the lookout for what you have coming out, and maybe sometime down the road um, we can get you back on. I I'm – yeah, you can have me on anytime. You guys are fantastic. You all, you three are awesome. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. Good night. Cheers, and have a have a great night. Cheers. You too. Thank you. Yes. Well, that was uh, Walter Masterson. Um, you can find him just all kind of social media places. Um, Twitter's where I see him more, but like you said, YouTube's going to give you a little longer. I don't personally use Instagram, but that sounds like another great source as well. So check out the videos. They are entertaining. Um, I highly recommend the Matt Gates, uh, Marjorie Taylor Green one um, for starters. And then from there, you can just get into the whole world. Um, we just got just a few more minutes. And um, just I wanted to briefly touch on it because it's so surreal. Um, this past week, Donald Trump um, I guess he opened up his fan club, and now you can get your own official Trump card. Um, Catherine, your thoughts on the Trump card? Well, you know, I am a, a, a Euchre player, which is a Trump-based uh, card game. And we're always talking about Trump cards when you play Euchre. So when I first saw that, I was like, what's this? And then I was like, oh, my God. It's like – so anyway. Um, it's ridiculous, and um, but so on brand for Donald Trump, right? I mean, it's it's even gold and black. You know, it's like the the perfect uh, miniature little thing to reward his supporters. I, I I'm kind of shocked that they didn't come up with it before, and maybe they did, but they didn't introduce it till now. But so ridiculous. And I'm curious as to how, what it costs. I didn't delve very deep into see. I guess it hasn't actually rolled out yet, so maybe we don't know. But, yeah. Yeah. Perfectly what it costs. Perfectly to, on brand. To be in the fan club. Um, Tim, Catherine's right. When you look at it, it does have kind of that, you know, trying to be this exclusive credit card look to it. Um, I wonder if he really would like to make it a credit card with an interest rate that would make a title palm blush. Um, what were mm. your thoughts on the Trump card? Yeah, what, he, what he'd like to do is, is make those cards uh, the currency to be able to go and vote. You have to show those cards at the polls. <laughs> Wouldn't that be sweet? Yes. Uh, 
that you know it's a another fancy fundraising thing they're doing. I mean, I mean the here while back, you know, they were selling photos of Trump for what forty five bucks or something like that, and uh, now the strongest supporters, I, I, you know, put that in quotation marks because that's that's what they keep mentioning. So they're going to really put the touch on people for this. I'd say. Ah, uh, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five bucks to be the proud owner of one of these cards. And uh, the first card, the one with the eagle. Now that's been getting, that's been the subject of a lot, a lot of talk on the internet because of its similarity to the eagle used uh, in, you know, some stuff in Nazi Germany. Uh, oh. uh, if, if you look, uh, it, it, uh, it does look a lot like that. But I'll tell you what, I bet you millions of people go out and get these things, don't you? Uh, probably a lot of the folks Walter interviews at his, uh, when he goes to these rallies, they're going to be the ones that um, are the base uh, consumer for this. You know, that may be something Trump looks at as, how can he bilk money out of these people? You know, they buy the flags and they buy the hats, and there's probably a lot of knockoffs. Mm-hmm. But if he could come up with exclusive merchandise that can only be purchased by him and then go into the uh, you know, Trump family treasury, um, they could, you know, continue to bilk these people in, you know, even, yeah, you know, Little Don and Ivanka and uh, Barron and they, they, um, yeah, they Eric. Need, they need a little work, though, David. Did you notice on one of the cards the word official was mis? I mean, you, you would think they could do a, a little better than that. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know who his staff that. is to work on, on all this stuff at this point. Or is he having to, you know, is it is it him and the family at this point, um, you know, having to design it at Mar-a-Lago or, as Catherine told us, at summer residence at Bedminster? Oh, by the way, if you click on the link to choose the design, uh, it you, you, you get taken to a fundraising page. Well, gee, what a shock, right, guys? Yeah, well, it was just reported this past week <laughs> that, you know, they had the opt-in boxes, and there was two different opt-in boxes, and they've been refunding money for months now where people were like, no, I gave one time. I didn't want to give every month, or I didn't want to give the yep. power back donation. I read the whole thing about how they were, you know, there's two, you know, opt-out boxes that had to be unchecked, and people didn't, and they um, got either tagged twice during that contribution or got tagged monthly for whatever they contributed. So it was a, you know, a grifting scam the whole time. Well, great show tonight. Big thanks again to Walter Masterson. We're so excited. Next week, we're going to have a longtime friend of the show, but the first time as a congressional candidate for Georgia's 14th District, uh, Rome City Councilwoman Wendy Davis will be our guest on the show. So looking forward to that. Yes. Till then, good night, everybody. Good night, guys. We are the heirs of that first revolution with a strong and united...